Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Okay, so uh, this is going to be a very fun Sunday. We don't do it enough, unfortunately, but we try to do it as much as we can. We're, um, it's hard to do. It's hard to break the rules of how you do church, and uh, we try to do it as much as possible. And so if we're not doing it enough, um, please let Jeremy know. But these are the La Casa boys, and what I mean by... See, the guys that know who they are are clapping. So if you know who the La Casa boys are, go ahead, clap. Now, for the people that don't know, uh, I'll give you the short background of, of what this is about what well, the beginning of when we planted the church, we had the idea of either buying or renting a house in Lazanha or one of the areas in San Juan. Um, because when we had planted the church, we noticed this, okay? We wanted to be the type of church where if you look around, so while we're doing it, once you look around while I'm saying this, look around where you look at all these people from different backgrounds and you're like, what in the world do these people have in common? So we went around in a van and we prayed through the neighborhoods and a neighborhood that my wife and I are very familiar with and and my wife's a teacher and she works with the kids from that area. Uh, It's right over the tracks in Los Rios district um, and there's only two ways in and a bunch of apartments and it's pretty much a 100% Latino community. And so we went in there to pray, and my wife knows all these kids and these families, and so we show up, and when she's there, the kids come over and like, Mrs. Rose, Mrs. Rose. And then they look at her and like, what are you doing here? Now, my wife is half Mexican, and they're looking at her, but they realize this. They realize that here in South Orange County, we have segregation, because we do, because they could not figure out why we were there. I've landed in Africa. We've gone out to villages out in the middle of nowhere. And they go, whoa, what are these people doing here? But when I was there, I got a larger response of shock from that community than I did in Africa. The people of God, we're the ones that are supposed to be leading the charge in crossing the bridges. Because, as Jeremy was saying, God came, lived, and died, and rose again for all of us. Even, even our friends across the tracks even people up in Northern California, even people from Nebraska, uh, our enemies around the world. God came, lived, died, and rose again for them as well. And so it just didn't make sense that there was such a distance. So we said, this is what we're going to do. At some time, we're going to start this house, and we'll have these guys or these girls, and they'll come and they'll live there, and they'll learn how to be a missional community. A missional community is like this. Um, Typically, and this isn't the way small groups or home groups are supposed to be, but typical home groups focus inward on each other. That's not the way it's supposed to be. But, unfortunately, that's usually how it works. You're supposed to care for each other, and the arrow should be pointing outward, seeing how you as a group can love the community around you. That's what these guys are doing. They're in a missional community. They started in October, and there's so many amazing things happening that I wanted them to share that with you. But this is what I don't want to happen. I don't want you to leave this morning thinking about La Casa. I don't want you thinking about these guys. We want to share these stories because we want to show you what God is doing. We're talking about hacking your spiritual life in this series. We're talking about seeing God move. These guys are seeing God move. 
And those of you that know them know these are three normal guys. Normal. Maybe even a little below normal. These are just guys. And yet God is moving. It's not like, oh, God only moves for special people like that. No, these are, these are God's children, just like you. So we'll get started right away. Um, boys, well, let's, let's, uh, let's, I'll introduce them to you. This is Josh. This is BT. And this is Macho. Now, he did not call himself Macho. He's from Costa Rica. His name is David. But if you're light-skinned and you're in Costa Rica, they call you Macho. So, so you're all machos. And <laughs> machos, too. <laughs> machos. Just for the record. Okay, so however you guys want to do it, um, will one of you share, start, start us off. What were your first impressions when you were either invited, when you applied to be a part of this community, uh, when you saw the community, when you moved in? What were your first impressions Take it, Josh. Okay. Um, my first impressions when I actually um, was committed, I guess, to the house already, but before there was an actual house, so I was just, you know, kind of around here in South Orange County living with the Smith family. Um, a lot of people were explaining to me that that neighborhood is dangerous. Like, you don't go there at night, and um, a lot of people were saying that, hey, they heard this stuff happened there, and this person never came back, and kind of like the boogeyman lives there, you know. Um, and so I'm, I lived in Irvine for a few years, and I'm from San Diego, so I knew nothing about San Juan. Uh, so I just thought it was a nice place by the mission, you know. You just go over there, and you drink some coffee at Hidden House, and you walk up. And, uh, but a lot of people from the outside were telling me, like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, I thought I did. I thought I wanted to do this, but now you're kind of scaring me. What's, what goes on there? Um, and my first impression of when we actually got to the house is that there's this nice grandma who lives, like, right downstairs who's, like, the most wonderful person in the world. And, oh, you can come over and have dinner anytime, and we'll take care of you, and come celebrate the holidays with us, you know. And it's just so different from the outside and then being in the inside. The first impression I had was, this is family. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely just a homey kind of environment. A lot of homies too, but it's a homey, a homey <laughs> environment. No, um, I, yeah, I had a, a similar impression just growing up around here. And um, I guess over the summer at VBS was when Berg brought it up. He said he hadn't thought of me at all. I mean, didn't know why it just came to him. But uh, yeah, it made you feel real good, didn't <laughs> it? It did, yeah. I never thought about you, B.T. <laughs> but um, we drove through after the VBS, and um, it was incredible. I saw, I think, just driving. It was a beautiful summer, sunny day, of course, which didn't hurt. And then uh, I just saw all these students that I worked with. I worked for the schools for about six years and um, just had, like, a flood of really amazing memories with kids and um, just, uh, I guess, just, um, you know, kids who know me by name. And, hey, Mr. Brian. And Mr. T didn't last long in school. But um, Mr. Brian, and uh, it was incredible. And I almost was not even listening to Bug, just thinking about all these incredible things. And then, you know, it, some, it got through that this was something that could happen and a mission and something so close that was 
something that I think people go overseas to find. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer, I guess, in the end, and um, like a an easy, yeah, I'll do that. And I think the transition was a little tougher. Um, we definitely had uh, a wake-up call when we saw the state of the place that we moved into before yeah, this, how it is, before it looked like this. Oh yeah, so so that you know the re- the reason this is the Vertons and a team basically designed, uh, John and Jessica designed uh, what the place would look like. We want it to be a nice place. And so this is actually furniture from their uh, their library. This what is the library. Right this here, is right? the, the office. Den. You are the bookcase right now. Okay, so can you tell them a little bit of the state of the place when you first moved in? Yeah, it just reeked. Like, I'd never smelled anything like it, you know? The and, actual um, apartment itself, right? We thought it was the carpet, but when the carpet was gone, it was still there. And so, <laughs> I don't know how many times they blew the place with blossom bombs or whatever, but it was, it took a while. It took paint, it took like everything. Blossom bombs? Just like, I don't know. Uh, do those exist? I just made it up. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> keep going, keep going. <laughs> I, I need, I got boys. Really I got little boys. out there, yeah. So go ahead. Continue on. It's maybe the spray, you know, okay. type stuff. But, um, or a lit match. <laughs> But, yeah, it was, it was nasty. And so we kind of thought it was funny, but at the same time it started to sink in. This is where we're going to live. And, um, but, you know, a few weeks later, um, just had a great uh, kind of site manager and um, just hired some, some help, some contractors kind of in the area, which is incredible because putting people to work that lived like a few doors down or like a block away was just like an amazing insight, kind of foresight type thing. And, me and Josh were talking to a guy yesterday who I think like you know built half our house and like it's it's pretty cool how some of those relationships were beginning even before we were there and so um, yeah first impressions were were amazing and then stunning or staggering and then uh, yeah when we first got in there um, yeah it was so welcoming meeting people like like our, our new grandmother downstairs and just neighbors and you know, it was like a restaurant. 20 yards away that we people it's not really a frequent. restaurant it's just a house but it's also a restaurant <laughs> what do you say macho first impressions um i got there when uh you guys were halfway on the you know remodel and everything of the house so i thought it was awesome you know <laughs> so like i walked in it's just like you know the walls are painted and i'm hearing stories about roaches all over the place but it was already taken care of so you know i thought it was it was awesome i moved there because i was with josh for a little bit we lived together in irvine and uh is this is this thing and um we were always talking about it just it just looked a little weird (laughs) yeah this happens every day it's really weird it's really weird i need the lumbar support (laughs) yeah so we were living together, and then we were always talking about we want to reach out to the community, but we didn't know how to do it, and we still don't know how to. But um, we were trying, and I remember Josh making cookies for the neighbors, and I'll come home and see the cookies, and I will eat the cookies because they were just <laughs> sitting there for like a few days, and we just didn't know how to do it. And then we heard about the, the idea of La Casa, and Josh brought it up, and, and I said, oh, obviously, we can, we can do that. You know, we're already doing that a little bit. And um, so... Because you were roommates before you. Because we were roommates in Irvine, yeah. So the idea sounded great, and we met, and we went on the first drive, and 
I mean, I'm from Costa Rica, so I saw a lot of things that reminded me of home. I was like, this place is awesome. And kids playing uh, soccer. I almost said football. Uh, there's some kids playing soccer, you know, and then, um, so during the day, it was really cool. And then I drove by at night with my host family. And right behind where our, um, where La Casa was going to be, they had this, like, crazy party, like, quinceañera. You know, they had all these, like, balloons and, and just all these decorations in this garage. And there's, like, 55 people in it. And we just drove by. I was like, this place is awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, they in an alley, in. too. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Just a row of garages, about 40 of them. I, I, I loved it. Although I was really excited about moving in and excited about being with Josh and then met the captain and BT and... It's been good. It's been good. I, I didn't get to see that first part, you know, of the when they they were cleaning the apartment and everything. But um, thank you guys because you guys had a huge part of it. You know, getting it all together and getting all this stuff for us is. Thank you. I want to make sure that I say thank you. Now, um, this isn't in your, your. We didn't talk about this, but we we've been talking about the whole time about learning and loving. Like, that's the only task they had. Like, they weren't allowed to start projects or do things, but really be a part of the community. Don't try to save the community or, or help the community. Like, love the community. Learn the community and then love the community. But also learning about each other and loving each other. So when you guys first came, and we'll get to this later on, but a lot of the focus was on what are we going to do for the community? And then just now you guys are figuring out, oh, but it's really important to learn and love with each other, right? Does anyone want to, thro- anyone want to throw out any um, things you've learned about that before we jump into what the stories are in La Casa? About, about the importance of, you know, it's not just about the people you're trying to love outside. It's the people that you're doing life with. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was really clean. You know, I thought I was pretty, fairly clean and organized until I met BT. And uh, <laughs> so um, he's like the extreme of it, you know, in a good way. And he's really passionate about keeping the place clean. For others. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone else. So For everyone who's going to visit. I, 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 man, a few times he came over and he was like, hey, can you take care of this side of the house? I was like, of course. And it took me like two weeks to get through it. And then he started getting a little annoyed and be like, Hit his Amen. Xbox controller. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, can you clean up? And I started getting a little, like, bugged about it. Uh, and I ended up doing it. But um, I guess I just, I've been learning about, like, how to love him in that way, you know? Like, he's different in that way. And <laughs> it's a good, it's a good difference. It. I think I it's mean, a perk. I love, I love BT. I'm learning a lot from him. It's the same with Josh. It's easier for me to connect with Josh because we've been friends from before. So when I get in a struggle with BT, it's easy for me to just like ignore him and just go to Josh. And but lately we're being like we're being working on it, and we're, I I just realized I couldn't do that anymore. You know, and there there was this um, like obviously God talking. We've been reading these books. We're probably gonna touch on that later. But this book is just like speaking, saying like, hey, you need to be a friend. You know. You need to learn how to, how to love him and how to serve him in the same way. And so we've been getting, we're becoming good friends now. Yeah. And, but yeah, it's, you can't go anywhere. You live there, you know. Um, you can't escape from it. Um, and uh, there's something really cool about that. You know, when you get pushed to really, 
move away the obstacles or whatever. It's just blocking that relationship and, and just seeing the results of it. So I don't know about that. Uh, something I've learned about the guys, like if there's something on my mind, I learned this from my parents, I just say it because um, they always tell me what's on their mind. So I just kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and if I'm annoyed, I just tell them I'm annoyed. Or you know, if I'm feeling down that day, I just tell them I'm feeling down and then I sleep in. But uh, take a nap. Or take a nap. Uh, but for them, it's more like Macho, especially because I've known him for so long. I have to ask him how he's doing like five or six times before he actually tells me how he's doing. <laughs> or BT, it has to be like the right moment of he's not making smoothies anymore and he's like on the couch. And then I can ask him how his day is going because he likes to focus on what he's doing or his music that he's listening to. And so like there's these certain spaces I have to ask him, how's your day really going? Whereas, like, they walk in the door and I just start talking about my day without them really wanting to know about my day. <laughs> they always want to know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I think um, it's been good having a, a couple focuses in terms of, like, not just ministering to the neighborhood, but each other and, and being ministered to. Like, we've had good support from Boog and, and um, John Norton and, and other families who visited and um, prayed for us. And, uh, so, yeah, it's been incredible. And, yeah, when everyone came over to just help um, set the place up and build build furniture, homemade couch right here. And uh, that was incredible, just all the people who kind of sewed into it and, and who still ask about it. And, you know, we are so thankful that people do continue to just hear how it's going or, or want to know how it's going and all. Well, let's jump into the story. Do you wonder what that sound is? It's one of your cell phones. It's not necessarily going off, but so. Yeah, if you turn your phone off, then it won't. Then it, it might. In fact, I'm going to blame it on you because you have the wireless. Uh, it's me. <laughs> no, because it doesn't do it with that. It only does it with wireless. I got it. Okay, so um, let's just jump into, like we said, we, we don't want you to leave thinking about La Casa. We want you to see what God is doing. And um, uh, my wife is usually in the back, you know, half the Sundays helping with the kids, and I said, if you're not back there, you've got to be in here. So you're the lucky ones, um, because God is doing amazing things, and I want you to hear some of what God is doing. So uh, however you guys want to do that, if someone wants to get the ball rolling, just give them a picture of some of the things that you've seen God do in the brief time that you've been there. Uh, yeah, it started like really early on, and even some of what I shared just when we were kind of demoing the place. But uh, I was skating in there one day. Um, I don't know why, but uh, for my car and and skated right by this kid. I was another kid, an older student who's in high school now. He's like a junior, and he's just in his garage, hanging with his pals, and and um, and recognized him and stopped and met his buddies and and since have continued to spend time with him. But um, he lives like you know, not even a block away. And it was incredible. I worked with him for probably like four or five months and got to know him super well. And then just on account of him being a student and me working for the school district, never saw him again. And so just stuff like that, which just kind of blows my mind. Like he's probably the student I worked with the longest. I was a sub. I didn't, you know, get shelled a bunch from different schools. But uh, yeah, it was um, just incredible to 
to kind of not even put in effort. Like, I didn't have to seek people out. They were just around. And same thing with neighbors. Like, another time I was skating to my car, and I had a wetsuit, and this guy, you know, like, more or less yelled. And was like, where are you going, you know? And are you going to go dive? And it's like, no. Um, but, I, you know, I dive. And I actually had this shirt on that had this killer old, like, one of those things, those dive masks from, like, the 50s. And so I just kind of checked this out. And, you know, we talked for a while, and he was all pumped. He showed me this this gnarly spear gun he had, which was really dangerous. And I uh, didn't even have a safety or anything, you know? And um, I was impressed. And uh, so, yeah, and since then, I spent a ton of time with him and invited him yesterday. We're starting, like, pancake breakfast and just a couple things like that. Saturday's 9.30. So... Um, Three one three eight seven. So pancake Rio breakfast Street. every Saturday in case you ever want to join. Yeah, um, they're free. Yeah, totally free. And they're gluten free too, right? Probably We're working some. on that. We've had some gluten free. We have chocolate chip pancake too. donations. Um, BT's gluten free. Come on free. and call and thank so you. So if you're a gluten free person and you make stuff and you're like, oh, I have extra, BT will cry tears of joy if you give it to me. Okay, We're trying going. to convert everyone. True story. So um, <laughs> any support would be welcome. Those brownies were awesome last night, Brent. Thank you finished them. Um, but, uh, yeah, just stuff's been pretty easy. Like, all the people that, like, I think if we told stories and we would consider saying, like, oh, here's what God's doing, it's just been, like, right in front of us. And so, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess, part of just living in a community and where you're doing ministry and you're, you know, we have, like, a set number of hours where we're, like, okay, I want to meet this kind of quota, but it just happens. It's not something that um, I think we've really had to work really hard at, which is a big blessing and uh, just an easy way to um, be integrated into a place where, like, I do kind of, you know, you feel like a minority. And <laughs> so, yeah. You, you'll notice with the stories, we're not going to use anybody's names. We, we were coming up with different plans. Oh, we'll call him J or Mrs. M. And then it got too confusing because there were a lot of J's and a lot of M's. So we're just going to say this person. But we're not going to use any names because you may meet these people. And these are their stories. And they're their stories. So these will be anonymous to you. So if you're wondering why, why don't they ever say names? Are they making these people up? Well, a big part of that is because they're our friends. You know, and when you have a friend that tells you a story, you don't go around telling, you know, that person's story. So we want to protect them and, and... you know, make sure that they remain our friends and we remain our, their friends too. So, no offense, guys. We trust you. We trust you. Um, speaking of one of our friends, there, there's some uh, some rougher characters in the neighborhood. Um, some pretty some pretty gnarly dudes uh, that just hang out. And, and uh, I hang out with some of them and talk about stuff that I don't really understand, mostly because of the Spanish. But um, it, just trying to spend time with them. And like BT was saying, it, it's not difficult. It's just going outside and hanging out or, or going and sharing a meal with them. Uh, and one of the biggest things that um, God worked through with that time I was just giving over to him was the holidays. And I never really thought about it. it holidays are a big deal for my family in San Diego, so I've never really spent holidays with anybody else. And um, had a really nice, wonderful conversation with my parents about how I'm going to spend more holidays in the neighborhood. They didn't like that, and uh, but they understand. And so for New Year's Eve, we were 
hanging out at one house, and I had promised some other friends that I'd go see them. And there was this gnarly guy, and he uh, he hangs out. He's kind of the guy that you go to if you have a problem that needs to be solved, like a physical altercation. If you get something stolen, it can be found. It can, yeah, that kind of guy. <laughs> the, the, you want to know this guy and be friends with him Yes. Uh, for more than one reason. And um, he... He, we're just sitting at the table enjoying some food, and and he said, all of a sudden, he just has this moment of um, seriousness, and he says, why are you here? And he's like, well, because it's New Year's Eve, and I wanted some food, and there's food here. No, 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 no. Like, why aren't you with your family? Why aren't you with your friends? And I said, you're my friend. Don't you? Like, we're neighbors. We're, we're friends. And he started to get all emotional on me, which scared me, actually. And um, he said, you don't understand, Americans, he calls me American, uh, Americans don't even look at me. Like, they don't even see me. You know, I, I work for um, construction, and I, I work with, with white people and, uh, every day, and they don't even know I can speak English because they never talk to me. You know, they just blow right by me. And you guys, you moved upstairs, and within a couple of days, you know, you had eaten three meals with me, and you'd spent time with me and all, all this, and I just want you to know uh, that means a lot to me, and he always says, I respect you, because I love you is a little touchy-feely for him, um, and it just, it, it blew me away that my time um, in God's hands became this super valuable thing uh, to him and to me, because, you know, he's my friend, too. It's not like it's a one-way street, and it's it started to just change how I view friendships too. Of uh, what if I am investing in people that intentionally, all the time, not just when I'm in the neighborhood, or what if I'm looking at my other friendships as an opportunity to care for them, whether or not they buy me food or, or anything like that. Um, and you know, you've got this big, burly, kind of angry-looking guy saying that my friendship means the world to him. And, and that he saw me praying over my food, and he wants to know more about that and stuff like that. So it's, it's just this thing where the simplest thing I can give, time, means the world. So um, we're running out of time, unfortunately. And something we forgot, by the way, uh, we forgot the offering. And part of the way we pay for the rent is the offering. So in a very awkward way, we're going to have the offering going while we finish up here because we're running out of time. Um, but one of the things I want to share with you, we talked about how God is moving. See, I knew this was awkward nonsense. You guys reaching for your wallets and stuff. If, if it's between me sharing this story about God and your wallets, leave your wallets in your pocket. If it's between the two, listen to this, because this is powerful stuff. So there was a family that, um, wanted to help us get this house, and they would rent it back to us at under market level. And this really wasn't a great investment for them. They had other investment opportunities that were better. But they put bids on houses, um, and they put bids on between five and ten places and couldn't get them. To the point where we were thinking, okay, maybe the Lord wants us to, to go to Ballardus. Lord, is that where you want us to go? Do you want us to go to Ballardus? Do you want us to go to the Carolinas? Like, why is it so hard? Because they, they were making offers that were over the asking price, over the tracks in Lausanne. We couldn't get any of these. And we're like, God, this doesn't make any sense. So we know you're in charge. We know you know what you're doing, but we can't figure this out. 
And so, and they were great places. Like, oh, it's right on this street, which to us made it sound like it was a very strategic, great place to be. Oh, it's over by this spot. It's over here by the park. It's over here on the backside. It's over here by the cul-de-sac. No, 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 no. And so, then we get this place. Uh, it's got four families already living in it. It's really a mess. It's carpet, junk, roaches. Uh, it's right on the outside. And then the neighbors that we do, because we know a lot of people that live in the community, which are totally different from the people that they've been meeting with. But they went, oh, over there. You know, they're like, oh, that's kind of the, the, the that's where the stuff happens is how they describe it. And so we're like, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? So then they move in. And then this is all in hindsight. Because this is how you see God moving most of the time. You look back. And you're like, oh, that's what you were doing. He happened to place them two doors down from the leaders of the entire community. So they have this posada that they're talking about. Where there's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people all in the alley from all over because of this family. And this family was also the family that came to these guys and said, look, we know that God sent you, so talk to us. We know that God sent you, speak to us. That is God moving. And these are normal guys. Remember I told you that in the beginning? I had to tell you that for a reason because I knew you probably wouldn't believe me. These are just normal guys. I wish we had more time. They were going to share some more stories of what they're learning. You guys get out of that. All nervous about sharing personal feelings, but you're off the hook on that, macho. Um, but we want you to see what God can do when you surrender to Him. I mean, some of you have a bed and a house. You have roommates. Maybe they're your family, maybe they're roommates. Maybe you're just married. Maybe you're married with kids. Why can't your family be like this? intentionally looking together how you can love your community and asking the Lord to give you those opportunities to do the difficult thing of going, oh, I don't really want to do this. And I'm saying this from very personal experience right now because as I'm sitting with him and listening to all this, I'm, and I've been, not just now, but over the past few months, and looking at my situation with my house and my neighbors thinking, I don't live anything like this at all. I want to be intentional. I pray, but I'm not. And so I've learned so much, and I wanted you to learn from them as they're learning. They didn't have this figured out. They just showed up and said, all right, let's figure this out. And the other huge thing that we dealt with this past week was just now they're learning, oh, wait a minute. It, it's important that we love our community, but it's even more important that we love each other also because they were a team before. Like, okay, let's go and do stuff and love the people around us. And now, like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we're friends, and that's really important. Like, we've got to love each other and look out for each other and care for each other. Or as our friend would say, I've got to respect you um, instead of love because that's too touchy-feely. But they know they have to, like, look out for each other. Are we doing that? We talked, we've been talking for the past five weeks about how to hear the voice of God, how to pray. How to, to be spiritual. And yeah, I think what we're doing is, is making it a lot harder than it really is. These guys get to see God move in ways they've never seen before. And really, the only difference that I know is that they're living intentionally. And they're depending on each other. And they're expecting God to do things. 
I had amazingly high hopes for La Casa and this whole experience. And I can tell you with all honesty that it has passed every expectation I had before. Like, I'm watching things happen where I'm like, God, I'm sorry, but I really didn't expect you to show up this big time. We have pages upon pages of stories that they have that we just had to cut out. We're like, just choose a couple of them, guys. Just choose a couple. Um, I know a lot of you are going to be like, how do I get involved in La Casa? There will be opportunities for you to get in La Casa. You can come to the pancake breakfast. They have a list of other things. The best way to get involved with La Casa is to come talk to these guys. But it's, it's not just about La Casa. It's about living this way. It's about making decisions, not just with yourself, but with your neighbors. Say, you know what? What if we live this way? What if we didn't just live for ourselves, but what if we pointed the arrows outwards also? We talk about this all the time. We're the body of Christ. We are the light of the world, so we have to live that way. If we know that, then we have to plan that, and we have to expect that. And when we do that, we can then look back and see what God has done. So I want to pray for us, so if we could all stand. You don't have to pray when you stand, but you've been sitting for a long time. And I want to invite God to create missional communities like this. They don't have to be official. They just have to be decided upon. You just have to make a decision. So I'm going to pray for these, pray for us, pray for the La Casa guys uh, and the new La Casa guys, because we'll be taking applications soon for guys. Um, Father, thank you. There are many times, Lord, when I'm walking that I begin to doubt. And I've seen you show up before, and I've seen you move. And then it's been a while, and I, I wonder if you've left. And, Lord, my faith is, is so weak, and my patience is very short. But, Lord, there's moments like this to see these guys, to see you moving in their lives, to see you moving through the neighborhood, to see you moving in the branches, community. Father, that's all we want is more of you. We want to see you move, and we want to learn more and more how to surrender to you. Teach us how to learn. Teach us how to be humble. Teach us how to soften up where we've kind of, kind of put up walls. And Lord, teach us how to love. And teach us too, as the boys have been sharing, how to be loved. Because that seems to be how you open up the doors. But teach us how to accept and receive love from our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers and our family. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said? Amen.